What does it mean to be human? What does it truly entail to live in harmony within oneself and with all life on earth? Heartfelt welcome and thank you for tuning into the One Voice podcast. I'm your host, Samuel, and with the support of the All or Foundation, I'm on a mission to share the voices of visionary artists across the earth with humanity. This podcast is my humble attempt at contributing to the fostering of an evolved human consciousness. It serves as a platform for integrating and weaving together wisdom from diverse cultures, religions and traditions in the beauty of creative expression. In the very first episode of One Voice, I have the honor of sharing the voice and wisdom of Ayla Schaffer, a multilingual world folk singer-songwriter and a visionary weaving together ancient songs of prayer through her own unique expression. Known as a voice of the earth, Ayla's music transcends borders and puts the listener in rhythm with the heartbeat of the earth. Join us as we explore themes of creating a more beautiful world for music, embracing the children of the world, and Ayla's Honor the Water Tour. May our conversation touch you as deep as it touched me. So, I am sitting here at Yasuragi, uh, which is a beautiful Japanese bath in the outskirts of Stockholm, together with Ayla Schaffer, who just had a beautiful, very heart-touching concert last night at uh, Eriksson i Eriksson Hallen uh, that Amanda Munsgård and the Alruna crew arranged. And uh, I'm so happy to be sitting here with you, Ayla. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me here with you. First, I just want to ask, how are you feeling in this moment? I am feeling like all my protective layers and shells that usually surround me have kind of been shattered, feeling very um, vulnerable and naked and just tender with with the grief of um, what's happening in the world right now. And yeah, just allowing myself to be in this space. That's how I am right now. Yeah, it was very beautiful yesterday how you really, you didn't hold back your emotions or what you were sensing and, and, and going through. Would you like to share a few words of how that experience was yesterday being in this church in this like concert hall performing for all these people how was that for you ha ah, it was it was definitely a first experience um to be that emotional and be on stage um i've never had that experience like that i've never cried on stage in front of people in in that way i've of course along the way maybe a tear here and there and i i bring my emotions that is i know that that's what i do that is um how i express myself with my music i i feel i have no choice but to be very honest and that's what comes through in my creativity and i just i had met, met that same feeling of i have no choice i've spent the past few days um yeah, really weeping for hours. And yesterday I was like, how am I going to get on stage? I felt so in another space, you know, like 
hiding away in that um, fragile, fragile place that I'm feeling I'm in. And I went to the sound check and came into this beautiful, the, the church is so beautiful and pure, the energy in there with these sculptures, these white sculptures of the children and the woman, I don't know who she is, some mother with, surrounded by her children. And I, I just sat and I wept through the sound check. I had to say to Kevin, the, the sound man, like, no, it's okay, don't worry, we can keep going. <laughs> like, I just can't stop this. And he was... Uh, he was very sweet and um, yeah, I think for me it was a big lesson yesterday of to trust, to trust um, that our vulnerable, honest self, when we bring ourselves as we are, this is the medicine that is needed for all of us to learn that not only is it okay to really be honest with the more uncomfortable places of ourselves, but it's needed for things to change, for transformation to happen within each one of us and also within our societies, within our culture, within uh, within our global culture. Is It's being asked of us a new level of um, honesty and nakedness and an invitation to really feel the places that are too difficult to feel you know for the million reasons that there is there's so many reasons our our trauma our, our lives our experiences our collective trauma but I really believe that the change that needs to happen for there to be a hopeful bright future for our children has to start by us really having the courage to go to the depths of feeling feeling what hurts us you know in our own lives but also in the world like it, it should hurt us to see the pain and the suffering of the earth and of humanity and of the animals and of the elements because it's from that pain that we have the the momentum it's like compost <laughs> you know that grows more beautiful flowers like we grow more beautiful human beings by being in the compost of our our grief and our honest emotions and grief also being being our our praise and celebration of life it's not it's not all about being sad right it's like about honoring um the sacred so <laughs> it's a, a big way to answer your question but I would say that was my own personal experience of, again, just remembering, just show up as you are and trust that this is bringing people what is needed in this time. I feel like if humanity as a collective would get the space to actually slow down and tune in, we would need to cry really, really bad because there is so much grief for all the beauty mm. that we have missed. Mm -hmm. And so it's really beautiful that you are expressing that in the way you do and allowing other people to mm. tune into that. And also you are on honor, your tour is about honoring the water and water is emotions, no? Mm. Would you like to share a few words on, on the tour? 
öppet Göran. Ja, Honor the Water. Really why I have called the tour Honor the Water. It's those words in itself is is an invitation for us to explore together what those words mean for us. Someone asked me recently, like, what do you mean? What does it mean, honor the water? And um, it's not something that I, I'm not calling the tour honor the water because I come with an answer or I come to teach people. This is what honor the water means. It's actually about opening up that space together where we can acknowledge water the presence of water the the wisdom the blessing the life-giving essence of water and the sacredness of water and and feel inside of us what does it mean to honor water what does water mean for us not just practically you know like okay it's our blood and we drink it and we need it to grow things but like you say that the water is a spirit and as a as an energy, as a movement of emotion, the waters of our emotion, the water is of course often associated with the feminine forces, the softness, the fluidity, the transparency, clarity, the great expanse, depth and movement that our inner ocean is, our, our emotional rivers. So, I'm learning more also about how to honor the water is as much about honoring ourselves as deeply emotional beings and and what does it mean to honor that and what does that look like for each individual what do, what does each one of us need to really honor and take care of our emotional beings depending on where we are at in each moment and then, of course, honor the water. There is a very, um, you know, environmental aspect. There is a spiritual aspect to it. If we look at indigenous nations and how they relate with water and how they include water and ritual and ceremony with the water in their in their prayers and in their ceremonies, like ultimately. Uh, the the feeling that I get as I explore this own question within myself, what does it mean to honour the water? Ultimately, it brings me to a place where I understand that through water I am connecting to the essence of life, to the essence of creation, of creator, creatress, and my place and our place as humanity within the web of life, belonging to life. And water is is kind of like our, it's like, I was going to say the thread, but it's not a thread. It's like the river that connects us to the ocean and the ocean is the great whole existence of creation and we are each one a drop and we find our place within within the dance of the ocean. So yes, it's a big, I'm sure a never-ending exploration. I'm sure this this question how to honor the water will never be finished being answered because really ultimately it's it's a feeling it's a wordless place it's a it's something wordless that we are and that we belong to and something wordless that we are a part of here because 
water is there's many substances that we can survive without but water is if there is no water there is no life so I would almost say that water is is the essence of life as well and it's like the container that holds us all it's like the womb of the earth the mm-hmm. oceans <laughs> so what what was the calling to go on this specific tour in this time has this been planned for a long time or It's, uh, well, this part of the tour has been planned probably a year or so, but um, I'm now coming towards the end of this year. I began, the, there's been various sections of the tour and the first part began in in April. So this this seed that grew inside of me before this was maybe a year before the tour started. And it began really with a conversation I had with um, a friend of mine who I consider a, a kind of mentor, an elder that I look to, a wise, wonderful woman who I've been learning from and engaging with over many years. She's seen me through different phases. And um, yeah, we had a conversation on the phone one day and sh- and she brought this, this question really of like, what? What does it mean to honor water? And there was many things we were talking about. We, I think, some political things were happening in that moment, and and um, um, yeah, it was brewing up to the UN. We're going to meet for the first time in many years to actually address the world crisis around water. So there was kind of water be- became a thing that people were talking about in many you know, politically and environmentally and on another level. And this conversation just stirred stirred something in with me, in in me. And it's a continuation from from a conversation that I've been having with Azul for many years that also have come from a message that she received from the water, which she called the, the message of the water, which I was very, very touched by. It's a very powerful message. She came to the waters on Dartmoor, which is actually where I live in England. It's a big, wild river of this, uh, it's like this very dark um, water, you know, full of peat and big rocks and this beautiful, alive, vibrant place. And she came to the river and she, she fell to her knees and she said, she asked the water how to love when there is so much grief in the world you know and this question has really come back to me in the past few days I've been in my breaking been asking the same thing you know how how do we keep our heart open when there's so much pain and she received this very very clear message from the water that that people can look into if they are interested it's very powerful and I was so touched by this message it really sparked um yeah sparked a lot of movement inside of me and I asked for her permission and I asked for the water's permission to to um put this the words into a song form so it's kind of an adaption and I have this song called listen water brings a message so I've been already kind of on that you know following that river really of engaging with water speaking with water listening 
listening to water and over the years also spending lots of time in indigenous cultures and going to ceremonies where I learned from being in these spaces um, how to how to pray really and how to pray to water and how to be in a conversation and witnessing the way that they bring water in in the ceremony feminine waters the feminine the masculine waters and open up the space of prayer for the waters to be heard and be spoken to so this, this is kind of the backstory really that you know goes back and back and ultimately the source will be somewhere that I, I probably can't even really identify because again it comes back to this it's just the feelings you know, that's, that gives birth to all of our I think all our dreams and visions and manifestations the things we create we can't really track the source ultimately it goes to a deep place in us but those were the kind of significant things that that just led me to um when it came to doing this tour this is the first tour I've ever done in my life I never toured before this so it wasn't for many reasons wasn't where I was at and it felt very important to me to bring a, a deeper sense of purpose into um yeah like sharing my music and doing concerts I don't really even resonate with the word concert you know because I don't quite know what that means and it can mean many different things for people. So like this, I've also created a way I can bring in some kind of ritual and some shared intention into a way of gathering that it's, yeah, it's a concert and it's a place we can listen to some nice music, but actually the vision is deeper. It's, it's a space really where I hope that things can be, um, like sparks can ignite in people and that they leave from this this concert, this shared experience, that they really take something with them into their life and they really take this question, what does that mean for me to honour the water and how do I how do I live that? How do I walk that in my life? Like how do I as an individual find the way that I am inspired to honour the water, to honour life? To honour the water is to honour all of life. Like you say, it's the essence of life. And then... Um, I feel if everyone was bringing this into their life as the point of orientation, we would see change. We see change. We already see change happening. And um, it's just to add, really, that that river can grow bigger, more beautiful, and yeah, more strong. And in that way, maybe it's more of a communion rather than a a concert it's a communal prayer mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in this way uh, thank you so much for bringing that prayer forth um, and your music it's been inspired do you want to share a little bit of what it's been inspired by over the years and uh, like if there's any way to summarize the essence of your music and what you want to bring forth in the prayer like what is music to you and the importance of music like how does it bring us together hmm. 
Yes, I'm hearing a few questions really within that question. I'll, I'll start with <clears throat> the themes or where, where music has come from within me over the years. I definitely see that there there are kind of uh, chapters or phases where certain themes are more prominent or where there's a kind of emphasis and on a certain kind of energy. Like when I look back to my my younger years when I first started writing music, I think about 15 or 16, it was very much then about um, exploring my difficult feelings, exploring the challenge of being human and the pain and the sadness and the confusion and asking questions and ultimately i i feel as a as a young woman and struggling so much like really just struggling with being being human <laughs> what it means to be human and meet ourselves deeply and process the things that we we have experienced in our life or when we're younger you know the many the many colors that there are Music for me was a place that w where I could feel safe in an environment where I, I felt so unsafe. Um, that was the place I would come to. It was like my home, my, my haven, my, my safe place where I just, I just felt good. You know, I didn't understand it. I didn't have any kind of spiritual concept for it or understanding of music as a healing force or vibration or anything. It, it wasn't important. In fact, it was probably important that I didn't understand. It was very unmental. I just knew I felt good if I did that. And and somehow, in a mysterious way, it, it would help me. And somehow I would experience that something that would kind of feel very spiky and unbearable and painful. I would sing about it. I would I would give it to my voice and give it to my song and, and afterwards it would feel it would feel like polished. It was like smoothed over and um would somehow find its place within me, like become become beauty, this alchemical process of transforming the discomfort back into into beauty. And then over the years, yeah, then I had to, then I, well, then I went to South America. And so this kind of opens up a, a whole other chapter where I, I began to be in contact with indigenous cultures and indigenous people and ceremonies and being in spaces where for the first time in my life, I was around people who were really using song and music as part of prayer and part of the ceremonies and this was like totally new for me, you know, it was like... Rather than just entertainment actually served a specific purpose. Yeah, rather than entertainment or even like, I was never that, for me it was never really, I always felt uncomfortable with the entertainment factor, you know, to be in a a bar and whatever, feel like I was entertaining people, it didn't feel authentic for me, but it was still very kind of personal. I think it was all just very deeply personal, my music. It was all about me and my process. 
And that was what I needed at the time. But then to be in a space where I was like, wow, these people are singing to God and singing to spirit and in whatever names they're giving it in that moment and singing to the elements and the earth and the, the ancestors and the spirits and, and singing together, you know, being so unpersonal in that sense of it being a collective prayer and being about um, connecting with that which is greater than us, it being an offering to the forces of life. And this was a, a very pivotal time of my life. I was away for two years. I actually stopped writing music. Before I left, I had a, um, a kind of dark night of the soul phase where I needed to kind of quit. <laughs> <laughs> I I quit music, you know, I laugh at myself because I, that I thought that I could do that. <laughs> but it's important, like, I'm not doing this anymore. I hate it. I, I don't want to be identified. I needed to know myself away from that identity also, you know, to kind of shed that skin. Um, The classic, like, death that can give space to the rebirth for something new. So in that phase, it was important that I was very unidentified with being a musician. I didn't have a guitar. I was traveling in Mexico with hardly anything and just like could really start from a very fresh place and learning, I was learning songs and from people and learning indigenous songs and learning songs that have been sung for hundreds and hundreds of years, you know, passed down through the song lines and being in ceremonies and having very profound, deeply healing Journeys with music being the, the significant guiding force, you know, one of the main guiding forces. And I think this opened up for me that um, a new way of, a new level of honesty and a new way of expressing myself as I learnt, really I learnt to pray. I didn't have that kind of language before, you know, other than dear God, blah, 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 amen. That was all I'd ever heard. <laughs> People pray. And, um, yeah, the permission that it gave me to be able to connect to my own inner prayer and start using a new language and speaking with spirits through my songs. And, um, yeah, this is turning into a long answer to your question. It's beautiful. Please. <laughs> no. Um, so so you, you learned a new language to express this prayer during your time in South America and with indigenous Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. traditions which you I perceive you've been refining for a long time no? yeah it was a bit I guess the feeling is a bit like I I found a path there that is a never ending path and I continue to walk down that path and I continue to explore that you know and continue to meet new levels of honesty as I meet my own edges and, and expand and grow and um, deepen my prayers and go through the different phases that I go through. You know, right now I'm in a phase um, of it feeling very important to connect with my blood ancestry of, of the land where I'm living right now in England to the the wise and well ancestors of of England and learning the, the proto-Celtic, which is the oldest form of the Celtic language, what they, they think these people 6,000 years ago would have been 
speaking this in some variation this form of the Celtic language. So th this, you know, this is an example of the phase I'm in right now. That feels what's most important for me is to explore this language, to be learning about the little we know about these people and their ways and their wisdom and more than anything to be um, yeah, actively connecting with these beings and asking for guidance and, and I do that through music. That's how I that's my way of speaking to them and calling calling out and it becomes a dialogue because I I come to speak to them and then also what comes through the song is them speaking back to me. So it's a kind of a two way, it's a call and it's a response. Um somehow and yeah. I, it, the path will continue and the chapters and the phases and the yeah yeah and maybe the journey just begun that's what I'm feeling <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one month ago I interviewed Anna from Kurawaka and we also spoke about she spent a lot of time in South America and in Mexico with indigenous traditions there her main focus now is to rediscover like the traditions and the rituals that we used to have here in Europe and in the Nordic countries. There's so much, but it's been like, it, it's, it's hidden and a lot of it has been lost over the years, but um, it seems to be a, I also think it's a very important mission is to, to bring that back in our own lands, in our own roots. And that's also what you're trying to do in your own music now. Yeah, I, I, you know, when I discovered this language, I didn't know anything about this until about two, two or three years ago. So Proto-Celtic. Proto-Celtic, it's yeah. called. And um, I began to investigate a little bit. There's, you can find there's, they, they call them lexicons. They're kind of collections of, of these words. And uh, I began to kind of research and go into it and gather the words and wrote my first song in it and. I, the feeling I felt of like, wow, all these years I've been drawn to indigenous cultures and traditions from other tribes where somehow, even within their brokenness, somehow the the fire didn't go out in the same way as it feels like. I don't want to say it's completely gone out from from England. Like it's there, but like you say, it's it's hidden. It's kind of like it went under the earth or something. And I realized in all these years that I've been drawn to these other lands, cultures, really what I've been seeking is my own indigenous self, my own indigenous memory of my blood and my bones. And when I found this language, it was like, you know, I, I can't even put into words that feeling of this is my indigenous language. This is my connection to my indigenous memory and this is what I've been seeking all the time and I once heard from a, a Native American elder he said you know we share our traditions with you not that you can come and be Lakota because you're not Lakota you're not us you don't come from our you don't hold the, the lineage in your blood in the way we do but we share it with you that you can like borrow and you know bring an ember from our fire and take it back to your homelands and relight again the fire of your own land that the wisdom of your ancestors may come alive again that we rekindle these 
these fires and every land has has its beauty and its every wisdom. single land no every exception every single land and the, and it's a reflection of the land you know it's not it's not relevant in the same way to sing the songs of you know to sing a lakota song as an example to come and sing that in england someone once said How, do you think the spirits like <laughs> you know in some ways they understand you they understand your heart but it's like the sounds where do the sounds where do the songs come from in the first place they come from the from the land they are interconnected deeply related to the land and that's why you can go from this valley to that valley and the sounds can be different the songs will be different the energy the essence is there because it's connected to the landscapes and the spirits that dwell there and this is where where I kind of am exploring you know listening to the landscape of where I live and and asking to to receive these sounds and these songs and bring back to life that which has been very violently destructively um taken away from the people taken away from the from from the land you know from being alive on the land and this is why it kind of it buried itself to to be safe and there's many 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 of us who are listening again and bringing it back to life because this is really the time now to bring it back to life yes this is the time mm. yeah beautiful thank you so much for for sharing that and uh, it is a journey to rediscover that those original codes that like that wisdom of the land that is different from everywhere like nature is it's a product it's a manifestation of nature which varies from place to place but so your roots they're from from England well there's not such a simple answer actually <laughs> my my roots in the sense of I was born in in England so in that way my roots are from England I think my blood ancestry very little of it is actually from England my mother is from from Germany and there's a whole um I think came from Russia and then Poland and there was a movement there I have South American blood I have um my grandfather was Argentinian and I think further back there is native from Chile so it's also kind of explains to me when I found that out I was like ah okay it's also makes sense why so why I feel so at home in South America and in that language and why I've also been so drawn there but my my kind of body in this lifetime it it feels that its roots are in England and that's why when I'm there something happens for me that feels very um yeah feels very profound and I do also believe that we have we have our blood ancestry and we kind of have our our spirit ancestry our spirit lineage somehow so it's it's not as logical as we sometimes think <laughs> or rational or comprehensible by the mind but it's fascinating know how certain people are drawn to certain places and i mean it's no coincidence mm -hmm. yeah but your home would you say your home home is right now is is england where you got your family right now yeah i don't know if it will be for um a long time but 
In this moment, yeah. Yeah. And you've got children? I have right? one child, four-year-old boy. What's his name? Arwen. Arwen. Which, which is actually a Celtic name. That's very Celtic, Celtic. rooted name. <laughs> yeah, which was very unintentional, you know. Now that I'm really on this phase of discovering um, the kind of Celtic ancestry, it, it feels a bit like almost predictable that I would have named my son a Celtic <laughs> name, but it was it really just kind of happened. <laughs> but now it makes sense now, since you have blood from both South America and from England, you're, you're a bridge. I get the sense to like to bring that back to these lands. There's here. Yeah. You also spoke quite a bit of children and uh, your prayer for the children of the earth, which is something I've been carrying a lot in my heart, especially in South America. I got to meet the most incredible children in my life. Like, they were the real medicine in my NFTs, tribal communities. Mm -hmm. um, how can we create a better world? for our children? It's a big question. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very, very big question. And um, I think we could probably, you could do it a million podcasts just on that one question and have have all the answers that are I never have all the answers but in all the answers still be true because it's so much isn't it to really tend to that which needs tending to that we can create a better world for our children but I I feel that ultimately the biggest responsibility each one of us has is to start with ourselves to to work on ourselves to work on our our wounded parts and to explore what it looks like for us to to heal our trauma I've been listening a lot to Gabo Mate and I really resonate with his his understanding and what he's presenting, which is that ultimately, as I understand it, ultimately all the problems we see in the world, whether it be war or environmental situations or corrupt governments, and you know, it's endless. Like deforestation, there's there's endless the things that are are wrong and are bad and are destructive and are taking us in the opposite direction of a better world. If you peel away the layers, what is underneath that is is trauma. It's people's trauma that makes them be able to behave in in such a way. You know, what what on earth is it within our leaders that can make them decide to go to war? and murder thousands and thousands and thousands of innocent people and genuinely feel that that's okay because it must be 
I'm not them, but it must be that they genuinely somehow believe that that is right and that is good. Like, can we even comprehend what is going on inside these human beings that can justify these crimes or that can justify, you know, what is happening in the rainforest and how they're just destroying vast amounts of forest and murdering anyone who speaks out about it, you know, just because it fills someone's pocket with money and that makes them feel good. What is going on? And Cabo Mate, he kind of explains like this, this is trauma that makes us so disconnected from our heart and from our feeling that we no longer feel and we're driven by these trauma impulses, which can be very destructive and very violent and underneath full of the anger and the, the rage and the pain and trauma perpetuates trauma i mean this is if we a loop it's if we look at the situations repeating themselves i mean what's happening now in the middle east is you know to to see it's not a new story it's not a new story these cycles that go round and round and round and it's a of course it's a massive massive thing you know to even suggest okay well the answer to everything is dealing healing trauma from the root and how do we even begin i mean <laughs> like how do we begin with that so i i definitely don't i don't understand really on on a practical level what that would look like otherwise okay all i know is i can i can begin with myself taking responsibility for myself and my li life and the things i carry in and taking responsibility for how i bring up my child as best as i can I won't be perfect. He won't be untraumatized. You know, it's almost impossible probably to to grow up on this earth and, and be untouched by life in one way or another. But I feel the more that we can open and the more that we can feel ourselves and like we're kind of coming back to the beginning of the conversation actually, the more we can feel the pain, our own pain and the the pain of humanity and the pain of the earth and the the trees and the animals we we can no longer continue to be part of the destruction it it doesn't become possible really for us anymore more or less you know because of course to really step out of all the things we don't believe in is difficult because we're in this this great flow of it but we we do begin to make these little changes and some people begin to make big changes and some people begin to say, I need to dedicate my life to feeling that I'm in service of creating a better world for my children. And this is, for one person it will look like that and for another person it will look like that. And someone else is a human rights lawyer and someone else is just dedicated to planting wildflowers on roundabouts. Or, you know, so many ways we all have our place here. And I think when we when we offer ourselves to being in that service and ultimately bring it's the story of the children's fire you know the the elders who who um well there's a whole big story i won't tell the whole story of the children's fire but ultimately the the children's fire is like to bring the future of our children into the center of all of our decisions like if we can do that and orient orient ourselves from that point like how do i create a better future for my children how does this honor the children 
imagine if every business and every school and every government and every institution had that at the center of making their decisions that's that would be it if that was the focus that would be that would that would be it that was profound yeah 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 because mm. yeah. ultimately what is more meaningful to be in to live this life than to to do that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and also in the space of grief and destruction also holding the possibility or like the vision of we can actually create something mm -hmm. so much more beautiful mm -hmm. on this earth and i think you're doing a really great job in in sharing your voice and to, to hold that frequency thank you by honoring the water mm. for being you so thank you so much Mm, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, enjoy this beautiful evening at Yasaragi in the amazing pools. Thank you. Thank you. Much gratitude for tuning in to One Voice. If you enjoyed today's episode, hit like and subscribe and follow us on Instagram so you never miss out on upcoming episodes. And feel free to share it with someone you love. Blessings. <laughs>